0: This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Harbor at Home. We're so happy to have you this morning, and I know it's been a little bit, actually, since we've all been together again, so hopefully you've given somebody a hug, a high five, you've loved on your neighbor, but we're so happy to have you back. My name is Savannah Albin, and I have the privilege of sharing the Word of the Lord with you this morning. As you know, we've been in this series called the Known Series, a series of discovering who is God, and in return, on this journey of figuring out who am I? And I'm going to hit this from the aspect of identity. If I could title my message anything, it'd be the new name. You see, we're all coming to the table this morning with a story. Some of us have been through harder stories than others. Some of us have had to overcome many obstacles. But there's a journey that we've gone through to find ourselves in the moment that we're in currently. And as crazy or as wild or as beautiful or as much as the Lord has used our story, it is even our story Even our story doesn't define us. And we all have a name, right? We have a biological name, a first and a last, which I do believe has beautiful significance biblically, but even that doesn't define us. And then if I go inside, we all have those names, right? Those things that we've been labeled by others, by ourselves, by our past, by our mistakes, by our strengths. Those names that sit on the inside of us. I remember back in January when my beautiful mother in law passed away, we were sitting at her funeral and there was a little sign that sat at this table and it says, How does your garden grow? You see, no matter what you have in your internal garden, there is always going to be something growing, whether you've planted it there or not. I'm the last one to ever talk to you about planting or keeping a thing alive, especially a plant. Uh, I can't do it. I don't have a green thumb. Um, But I do know this. I do know that you can plant seeds and the goal is to keep those things attended and to keep them nurtured. But if left unattended and even if attended, there are still these things that begin to grow underneath the surface that we may not have wanted to be there. I believe that something is always going to grow on the inside of your heart, especially as it relates to identity and who you are. And oftentimes what you believe about yourself is going to come to the surface consciously or subconsciously because it's going to be the motivating force that drives you. Our identity, who we are, what we believe about ourselves this concept of who am I, it's often the thing that drives our activities and the way that we live our life. See, I can't talk about the concept of identity without talking about the beauty of Jesus Christ. You remember back in Genesis, Adam, he's in the garden. He, he creates this mistake and it causes a separation. He's in, the, he's in the garden. He's having to hide and cover himself in shame. And even though the Lord is asking, where are you? He is hiding and running from the father. And in order to atone his mistakes and his sin, he has to shed blood and, and create, lay all this stuff down on the altar and recompense to create reconciliation between him and the father. That's old covenant, right? But the story doesn't just stop there. It's actually the beauty of the new Adam, this man named Jesus, who came and reconciled us to the father, where there's now no longer a separation. There's now no longer a reiteration of a list of who I am or who I think I am. But there's an adoption into sonship. And if I actually got this for real, listen, whether you've known God for five minutes or you've known him for 50 years, Whether, if you get this for real, the fruit of your life is going to reflect the nature of Jesus. Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Listen, we're a new creation. In Jesus, we are a new creation. The things of our past, the things that used to define us no longer do. And we've been adopted and grafted into this family. He talks about this. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, I love this. He is a new creation. The old has passed away, but behold, the new has come. And all of this is from God who through Christ reconciled. I love that word reconciled. He restored the bridge of relationship from us to himself, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And that is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting their trespasses against them, no longer counting anything that I have done previously against myself. I am reconciled back to the Father. And for, I'm going to skip down to 21, for our sake he made him to, to be sin, the one who knew no sin, So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. You see, Paul is addressing the Corinthians. He's not addressing them as an ethnic or social group. He's addressing them as brothers and sisters, reminding them of who they are. I have to ask myself, what is it about Paul and his life? This amazing missionary that traveled all over the world. What happened to him to get this gospel on the inside of his heart? Point number two, we've been given a new name. Not only are we a new creation, but we've been given, because of the Father, a new name. You know the story, right? Saul, he's on the road to Damascus, this man who didn't even believe Christ was a real person. He was persecuting those that believed in Jesus Christ, killing them and their families. Committed horrible, atrocious things. And he's on this road And the light comes, it's Jesus. And he says, Saul, why have you persecuted me? And Saul's so confused. He's like, who are you? Like, I don't know who you are. Because he didn't know him yet. And he said, I am Jesus, not Buddha, not Allah, not whatever. (laughs) Like, I am Jesus who you're persecuting. Now get up and go into the city. Next, you'll be told what to do. Saul then is blind. He's disoriented. He he can't eat. He can't drink. He's been called by this one called Jesus, pulled out of the place that he was at. And, you know, you see later on Ananias, who loved the Lord, who had a tender heart for the Lord. Jesus said, hey, I need you to go visit this man named Saul. And he's terrified because he had heard the horror stories of who he was and his reputation and all the things that preceded him. But Ananias came and he said, God said to him, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name into the Gentiles. I will show him how much he will carry my name. So Ananias visited him and I love this. He said, Jesus, who visited you on the road, he sent me again so that you may be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he prayed over him and immediately the scales in his eyes fell. I almost believe that's so symbolic, right? Like the way he saw life before fell off. He was baptized and he was filled with the Holy Spirit only to later change his name to Paul. This isn't really an episode of a name change necessarily, but we also remember the story of Mary Mary Magdalene, right? She was dragged by the religious leaders, those who knew the Bible, that were so biblically literate. And they dragged them before the Lord, her before the Lord. And she's there covered in shame, her transgressions, knowing what she did. And Jesus looks at her and he says, where are your accusers? It's the same way God looks at us. See, I believe that the way we perceive ourselves through the lens of Jesus is the truth of that is displayed through the actions in our life. Are we filled with hope for a future? Are we filled with faith in the midst of obstacles? Are we filled with love as we look at people? Or are we filled with judgment? Loving Jesus, knowing this man named Jesus looks like something, guys. We are a new creation with a new name. And the way that we live our life is supposed to exemplify that. God is not hiding in a box. He is here, ever present with us, full access to the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, greater things are you going to do than I've even done here on earth. Do we actually believe that? How does your garden grow? And even more importantly, what is it that's growing and sustaining your garden? If I take away all the accolades that I have, the things that are well intended, that we place as labels on ourselves. For me, you know, growing up, I had a beautiful life, I had a beautiful family, but I did grow up as a firstborn and there's some natural ramifications that come with that, the wanting to do things with excellence, people pleasing, um, trying to be all things to all people. This was part of my journey of what the Lord wanted to free up in me. I found myself on a hamster wheel and maybe from the outside, it looked really beautiful. Like, wow she can do all this stuff and she can be all things. And, but the reality is it wasn't God's best at the end of the day for my life. Is being a son or a daughter enough for you at the end of the day? If everything else fades away, are you at peace with yourself knowing that you are a child of God? Guys, we're so happy that you've joined us today for this Harburn Home. I'm so excited to see what you begin to discuss May the garden of your heart grow with life, with hope, with peace, with the, the fruit of the Spirit as you begin to understand in fullness who He is and what He did for you. Have a blessed day. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard.